It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome back, everybody. Good to have you here as we're winding down the year. Just uh, just a few weeks left, really. Um, I don't know. Last couple of weeks of the year almost don't count. Everybody's taking time off, holidays and stuff like that. So we really have maybe like a month left of this year as far as work goes. But that's okay. Um, hopefully everybody's going to be able to spend time with their family, enjoy the the upcoming holidays, the Thanksgiving holidays, and, and hopefully you have a lot to be grateful for. Uh, speaking of being grateful, on the show today, veterans lawyer Francis Jackson. Francis Jackson is an attorney who specializes in disability law for those seeking veterans disability benefits, as well as social security disability benefits. A founding partner of Jackson McNichol, Francis has been featured on NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox network affiliates around the country. Francis was honored by the National Academy of Best-Selling Authors with a Quilly Award uh, as a joint author to the best-selling book, Protect and Defend, where he wrote about protecting one's rights to veterans' disability compensation. In 2017, Mr. Jackson was inducted into America's Most Trusted Lawyers for his outstanding work in disability law. For more information, visit veteransbenefits.com, veteransbenefits.com. I'm so grateful to have you on the show Francis, welcome back. Hey, Bert. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. Oh, great. Okay, there you are. Okay, good to have you back. Yes, absolutely. Um, You know, and I am grateful um, for the work that you guys do there at VeteransBenefits.com. It's tremendous. Uh, You know, recently in the news, we have uh, Senator uh, Tuperville or Tupperville who's been holding up military promotions because he doesn't like some of the military policies. And uh, luckily, uh, some of the other senators have been, you know, beating on him. And it looks like maybe they'll, they'll, they'll be able to wiggle uh, some things around. But, you know, here's a, here's the situation. Our veterans are constantly having to fight for their benefits. It's a sad truth. A lot of people don't know this, but, if it wasn't for lawyers like yourself and, and, and the team at veteransbenefits.com, there's a lot of veterans that would not get their benefits. Sadly, that's true, Bert. All right, so uh, let's, let's jump into this. I wanted to ask you some questions regarding um, what is being done by the VA to help uh, the last of the World War II veterans. Well, as you know, Bert, um, there were millions and millions of folks uh, who were in the service in World War II, and the uh, the VA carefully tracks how many veterans uh, there are from each each uh, period, and they've concluded that there are now roughly 119,000 World War II veterans who are still with us. And so, what happened last year? is that Congress passed a new law which just became effective, and that law provides that all surviving World War II veterans are now eligible for free health care 
through the Department of Veterans Affairs. And what is of particular importance to a lot of those folks is if you are service-connected, you are eligible for free nursing home care. And that's a big deal. So, wow. Um, yeah, that's huge. That is Super just, expensive. That that's a huge benefit. Yeah, that has just just become effective. Um, in fact, it is so recent that the VA hasn't figured out uh, the the details for the program yet, but they've announced it. They said <laughs> the, the the law was passed; it's in effect, and we're and we're doing it. Um, they haven't figured out quite how they're going to do it, but they're doing it. So, um, the couple of uh, couple of the the um, nursing home communities that serve veterans, like the uh, main veterans homes here in Maine. Um, said they're they're still waiting on further information, but you know they're happy to hear it's uh, it's in place. And one of the things that the VA is uh, is stressing is that folks who were previously turned down um, should reapply because uh, there were income restrictions previously, and those are now uh, removed by this new law, which was named after Robert Dole, by the way. Uh, you, oh, you remember okay. him. All right. Yeah, that's, that's, so, um, that's, that's great. That's, I, uh, that's now in place. I'm sorry, go ahead. I said that is now in place, and uh, hopefully soon they'll figure out exactly how to do it. But, but <laughs> it, it exists, uh, and people should be getting their applications in. That is remarkable. Thank you uh, to the uh, – uh, politicians there that uh, did that for our remaining 119,000 World War II veterans. That's just incredible. And that is a huge thing to have free, um, what do you call it, uh, assisted living care. Uh, that's incredible. That's a big. That, that is just, uh, you know, that really is priceless. I, I hate, you know, uh, yeah. All right. So. That is some great news coming into the holidays. Let me ask you this. What is happening to the veterans with VA mortgages who took, who took advantage of the COVID payment uh, reductions? Well, unfortunately, that's not good holiday news. Here's, here's what's going on, Bert. Um, what the VA did was they, they allowed folks to uh, not pay the full uh, amount of their mortgages under COVID. Um, and in fact, uh, a lot of those folks were able to, to not pay at all, uh, never mind a reduced amount, but just not pay. So um, that let them keep their homes during the pandemic when a lot of folks were out of work and there were other problems. But the, uh, the difficulty is that uh, about a year ago, the VA, then ended the part of the program that allowed the homeowner an affordable path to get current with their loan again. So the result is that now those folks who didn't pay or had the the lower payment are in default, and the VA is foreclosing on some of them, which is really crazy, but that's what's going on. And so... A group of senators has gotten together and asked the VA um, to cut that out, 
and told them they should at least wait until they uh, set up their new program that is supposed to replace the, the part of the program that they ended, the part that lets people get back on track at an affordable rate. Um, and the VA is saying, well, it's going to take four or five months to implement that. And so now we're foreclosing on all these people in the meantime. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. But uh, that's what's going on, and it's it's real bad news for hopefully a fairly small group of vets. But um, the, the folks in the Senate, particularly uh, John Tester, who is the head of the uh, – uh, the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee, um, he and some other senators are pushing the VA to, uh, to stop this and uh, saying that this was, this was never the intent behind the congressional authorization to give people forbearance during COVID. You know, the idea wasn't to, uh, to then kick them out. It was to allow them to get through the COVID period and then get back on track. That's what's going on at the moment, and so um, we'll keep you up to date on developments as things go along, but it's uh, it's not pretty at the moment. Right, right. Hey, I, I don't know if this is coming from your end, but somebody just mentioned they're hearing some knocking, some banging, bang, 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 knocking, no? I'm, unfortunately, Bert, there are some folks working on the building, and they are making some noise. Um, <laughs> okay. I don't, have, right. I don't have a good way to filter it out better. No problem. Just wanted to make sure. Okay. All right. No big deal. Yeah. You know what? Uh, that is a little. Uh, that is a little sad and a little alarming. And I'm sure for our veterans, that's also very stressful. Nothing more stressful than somebody trying to take away your home. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully, it's pretty stressful. Yeah. So now, in a case like that, I mean, unless Congress intervenes, they just have to, unfortunately, kind of. Uh, I, I don't know, whatever the foreclosure prog- uh, process is, they have to deal with that until Congress intervenes. Is that is that the solution? Unfortunately, yes. Un- unless, unless Congress can get these uh, folks at the VA to put a halt on this until they get this new program in place, that's correct. They have to deal with it. Yeah, it's, it's not pretty. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, so you know what? Uh, what's going on with the PACT Act? I think last time you and I talked about this a while back, there was a, a bunch of lawsuits under the PACT Act. What's going on with that? Oh, this there's wild stuff going on there, Bert. Um, the, uh, as you may remember, when we talked about the PACT Act, <clears throat> I explained that there was this new provision allowing folks to bring suit uh, over illnesses or uh, uh, deaths of loved ones from the chemicals in the water at Camp Lejeune in North Carolina. And what I explained at the time was that this was based on the Federal Tort Claims Act, um, which is the, the law that allows you to sue the government if you get run into by the post office truck or something. Um, but they made a change in this provision regarding uh, Camp Lejeune to allow jury trials, which are not allowed under the Tort Claims Act. But the big thing that's happened, <coughs> excuse me, as, as you may know, our firm is not doing those cases, but there are lots of lawyers that are. And there's been a lot of contention about 
what fees could be charged because the the law itself doesn't have any provision regarding fees and so what's happened is the the Navy which is the agency that's actually handling the individual claims has concluded that because this is um, an outgrowth if you will of the Federal Tort Claims Act then the fee caps built into the Federal Tort Claims Act apply and the way those work if you are uh, suing under the Federal Tort Claims Act and you settle with the government you are uh, only permitted to pay an attorney a maximum fee of 20% of the amount of the settlement uh, and if the case goes to trial then you're allowed to pay a maximum of 25%. Now, that's coming as a big shock to uh, a lot of law firms that went out and spent a lot of money on advertising to try to uh, get a bunch of these cases in the door and are charging people contingent fees anywhere from 30% and higher. I've, I've heard stories that uh, there are some people claiming that uh, they should be entitled to a fee of 60 or 70 percent, which is, I think, pretty outrageous. But that's uh, uh, that's what's going on. So the Navy has now come out with this um, internal ruling that the fee caps in the Tort Claims Act apply, and the maximum fees are 20 percent if it doesn't go to trial, and 25 percent if it does, which is going to be a big shock for a lot of these law firms that have spent uh, millions of dollars in advertising. So we'll, we'll see where that all goes. But generally, in terms of uh, what's going on with, uh, with the situation, there are several thousand cases where uh, claims have been filed. But this law is very unusual in that it specifies that the only place you can file suit is in the federal court in the Eastern District of North Carolina. Um, so um, the Eastern District of North Carolina has three federal judges, count them three. There are now 900 cases that have gone from um, the settlement level to actually filing a lawsuit. And there are literally thousands more that may be filed. And those three judges um, would take the next decade at least to get through uh, all those cases, you know, if you stop and think about it, a, a jury trial in the federal court, by the time you pick the jury, opening statements, present the evidence, uh, closing statements, go to jury deliberations, typically takes at least a week. Complicated ones can take much longer, but, it, you know, at least a week typically to get through. So right now they've got 900 of these pending. And, you know, you do the math, uh, 900 weeks divided by three, you know, uh, assuming you have every judge just doing these cases, which obviously right. is not going to happen. There are things they're going to do. But it's, that's, a, that's a long, long time. So the, uh, the judges in the, uh, in the district are trying to uh, figure out ways to uh, come up with uh, – the uh, mechanisms to try to limit the volume of these cases that actually have to go to trial. Um, 
And one of the things they've done is the, the judges have signed a joint order uh, giving people till the end of next May to put together a, um, a leadership team to draft plans to manage the complaints and discovery and settlement the way they would in a big uh, class action or something like that. And see whether that uh, uh, goes somewhere. But it looks like a lot of these cases are going to go to trial. Um, you know, of all the cases that have been uh, submitted uh, with claims, the Navy has not yet settled one. So wow. it seems, like, seems likely that a lot of these are going to go to trial. All right, so let me ask you this. It seems odd to me that they wouldn't settle a few of these. Doesn't it strike you a bit odd? Because this Camp Lejeune thing, this toxic water, it seems like, again, from my lack of of evidence, not that I've looked at this, but it seems like it would be the Navy's opportunity to settle these uh I, I I don't know. I mean, you, you you probably have more information than I do, but it seems uh, that the Navy is being, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, I, I, you know, for lack of a better term, complete hard ass about uh, about this when when they took so long to correct the issue, even if it, I don't know if it's even corrected now. Well, the issue has been corrected now, but the uh, I agree with you that it does seem like they're playing hardball. Um, I. Uh, you know, my my experience with the Federal Tort Claims Act over the years has been that uh, the folks that defend those typically do play hardball. Um, I did settle a couple of them over the years, but uh, it was never easy. Um, and, you know, the, the thing is, you, you have to keep in mind it's the government, so they're not they're not doing this the way an insurance company does it, where they sit down and look at, okay, what are our risks? What are, what's the likely outcome if we go to trial? Uh, you know, what what are the financial uh, risks for us? I mean, you know, the government's not uh, going to get driven into bankruptcy like some defendants have in, in uh, big class action lawsuits. And as far as I can see, the, the folks uh, who are doing this for the Navy have not been given any incentive to settle these cases. They they really are playing hardball, and we'll just see where it goes. But I I I think uh, some of the firms that have invested a lot of money in these cases are uh, are going to have uh, some real issues. One of the other issues that has come up is I've heard from other law firms that uh, they are having a problem with false claims. Having to really screen these cases carefully. I apologize for the background noise, but uh, uh, they're having to really screen these cases carefully because uh, there are some unscrupulous scammers around the country who are coaching people to make false claims and telling them what they should say. Um, and so uh, the law firms that are that are doing this are having to really uh, carefully vet. The, uh, the people who are uh, making claims and right. uh, trying to make sure they're they're on the up and up. So it's it's uh, I think it's going to turn into a real nightmare for some of these firms that have that have put a lot of money into this and taken on a lot of cases. Well, certainly because some of these law firms, as you know, have spent a couple of million dollars just in advertising and marketing, and now 
yeah, they, they, now they've made the mistake of, and this is a, a very common entrepreneurial mistake, right? You look at something and you go, oh, this is the way it works. You know, I'm a, let's say a personal injury attorney or a mass tort attorney, and they're used to getting these 30, you know, these 33% fees and these 50% fees, and they're thinking, oh, this will work the same way. And just think, just think how different it would have been for them if they would have reached out to somebody with your knowledge and said, hey, we're thinking about doing this. How does this really work? They probably would have taken completely different action. Oh, you never know, Bert. But uh, I, <laughs> I, I think some people have gotten themselves in a real hole here. So we'll, yeah. we'll see where it all goes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, you know, look. I understand trial is not cheap. The good news, and I'm just, I guess, for lack of better terms, uh, you know, trying to be positive here, is that some of these cases are going to have a lot of the same facts. And so, that's right. You know, unlike, unlike having a thousand different cases with a thousand different fact patterns. The good news is that a lot of these are going to have the exact same fact pattern. Uh, some of them are going to even have the exact same date, uh, same kind of injuries. So that will be a savings, M- maybe not enough. But, uh, yeah, that, there's a lesson there for uh, for everybody. Uh, the, the old don't assume, uh, verify kind of a thing. So, yeah, but, you know, hopefully, hopefully the lawyers will – you know, they, I, I hope they make I hope they make whatever you know that, that they make some money. But ultimately, what I really hope is that the veterans are taken care of, because some of these some of these families. This is not just the veterans or the soldiers themselves. This is the families that were on base. Uh, we're talking right. we're talking uh, you know children and pregnant people, pregnant women and 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 just entire families that were. Uh, made extremely sick, and and they deserve to be compensated. Well, I don't think there's any question about that, Bert. And I I think that um, a, a lot of uh, a lot of folks uh, are are trying to do the right thing here. I, it's just uh, I'm I'm afraid that there are there are some uh, PI firms that may have may have been a little greedy and, and may may have uh, may have come back to bite them. Sure, sure. Now, let me ask you this, because um, you brought up something kind of interesting. You have some of these firms that, again, are, are wanting to get higher fees. Um, and I remember that uh, there are some uncredited associations, organizations asking, asking veterans to pay them for help uh, with their claims. And so um, what's going on with that? I mean, as far as these organizations that like I just said, they're not accredited. Uh, they're, I guess, outside of the law. For you know, I'm, I'm assuming that's not the correct way to do it. To asking these vets for money for help. What's what's up with this? Well, there's a, there's a fair amount going on there, Bert. Um, you know, a, a bunch of these companies have sprung up, and um, because of all the uh, uh, the PACT Act claims in particular, not not the not the specific Camp Lejeune water illness claims, but the the uh, the kind of enhanced uh, package of veterans benefits that that the PACT Act provides. 
that <clears throat> that has led to a, a huge number of new claims. Um, the, uh, the the VA uh, has said that they've gotten more than uh, two million uh, new ap new claims applications in in this fiscal year, up almost 40 percent from the previous year, and <clears throat> they've already paid out 163 billion in benefits. So a lot of money at stake. And so you've got these folks who, what they do is they tell veterans that they will help them file their claims. Now, um, nobody is allowed to uh, represent veterans on the, on the filing of their claims and charge a fee. So what these companies do is they say they're providing consulting services to veterans, and they ask veterans to pay them up front for it. Uh, <clears throat> there's a bill pending uh, called the GARS bill, which is being supported by uh, the uh, attorneys general from most of the states asking Congress to uh, specifically reimpose criminal penalties for people who do this. Up, up until a few years ago, it was a crime. Uh, you could go to go to jail, literally, for uh, uh, you to charge a veteran a fee for uh, submit, helping them submit an application. Uh, you can you can do as lots of uh, lawyers and other uh, uh, agents uh, do after the uh, person has made a claim. And if their claim is denied, you know, you're authorized to help them. But nobody's authorized to charge a fee for helping them submit a claim. And that's what's going on. So there's now, um, there are there's so much money at stake here that uh, a lot of these folks are setting up these uh, companies to uh, supposedly help uh, veterans. One's called the, the Veterans Benefits Guide, for example. And um, it's um, uh, it's become a, a cottage industry. There, there are literally uh, thousands of uh, of these claims being filed, uh, and it's um, it's making the people at uh, places like the VFW and Disabled American Veterans and uh, the Vietnam Veterans of America and so on just absolutely crazy. Um, seeing these people do this so uh, it's a it's a big issue uh, there's uh, some legislation in Congress uh, that uh, uh, on uh, on the other side would uh, uh, let uh, let these folks actually uh, be paid to do this so who knows where that's where that's all going um, a lot of these folks are, are not doing all that well and they're there are lawsuits against uh, some of them, but, uh, you know, as you know, getting Congress to do pretty much anything at the moment is uh, is problematic. So uh, I don't know if the Guard Act is going to pass. The, uh, these folks have put in their own legislation called the PLUS Act, which would let them uh, get fees for doing this. Uh, it's just hard to know where this is all going. but. It, right now, it, all you can really safely say is it's a real mess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, you know what? Again, it's one of those situations where 
um, this is a industry, for lack of better terms, that has popped up because the government sometimes can't figure out what it's doing. And yep. I, I totally get, hey, you know, we don't want you charging our veterans to help them fill out a claim. I get that. That's cool. Uh, but, and I think that, and again, I think that the VA has tried their best to simplify it and make it as simple as possible. Uh, but uh, at the same time, you know, the, the, there's a lot of veterans that get turned down uh, and then they don't know what to do. This is like a, a foreign language. I mean, first of all, I'm sorry, dealing with the government, the, just just a regular form uh, is almost like a foreign language. Dealing with a complex form like claims and evidence is really difficult and, and can and can frustrate people and I know from our friendship that you've helped clients I think you had one client that from the time you started till the time that he got compensated was like 10 or 12 years oh yeah so, yeah that has happened yeah so it's it's just too bad that uh that uh, this is happening, and I hope that, yeah, I hope that the government gets a handle on it sooner than later. And I guess my question is, if you have some unaccredited organization helping out veterans, assuming they do a good job and they do everything above board, um, are they still in violation of the law? Well, that's 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 why it's the gray area, Bert. That the there's, there's, there's no longer a, a specific law that says you can't do this. The, the, uh, the way the law is set up, it says you, you can only charge a fee if you do these things. But what these folks are trying to say is, well, um, the fact that it says you can only charge a fee in these circumstances doesn't doesn't say that you can't charge a fee in these other circumstances. So we think we can, um, and I I think that's a tough one to sell. But that's 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 what they're doing. Yeah, that that is uh, unfortunate. Um, but again, the government sometimes makes it so hard that yeah, that's what they get desperate. Fueling this, yep. They've made it so difficult that people don't feel they can do it on their own, and they won't authorize, uh, you know, attorneys or agents to uh, to do it for them. Um, and then, you know, it's uh, it's a mess. Right. Um, I mean, we'll just see where it all goes. Yeah, I, I, you know, we're, we're all we've all been there. You, you get desperate enough, you'll you'll reach out to anybody to help you. It's it's and, and this is really why a lot of people get scammed. Uh, yep, you know, that, that's it's that fear factor. Let me ask you this, uh, since we're almost out of time, I want to, I want to have you kind of walk me through the process. If, if I'm a veteran, I go to veteransbenefits.com and how does the process work? Uh, you guys review my case, then what happens? Sure. Um, well, like everything in the law, it depends. But if uh, if we think you have a good case and you've already been turned down by the VA, um, we will immediately take your case and 
help you to file the appropriate appeal or supplemental claim or higher level review or whatever your particular case calls for. Um, and then move it on through the system, uh, help you get the evidence to support it. And uh, if, uh, if we all last long enough, um, about 95% of the people that do that will ultimately get their benefits. The, uh, the place it gets tricky is if you haven't already applied, those are the people who are uh, being uh, really targeted by these folks. And most attorneys um, and agents do not help folks who have not yet applied because um, you have to do it pro bono and, you know, you can only afford to do a certain amount of that and stay in business. But um, we do take some cases where we think there is a particularly meritorious case, even though uh, we're not allowed to get paid for the initial application. You know, we, we do that to help folks out. Um, if if uh, if you have one of those cases, then what happens is we will help you to file your claim. Um, we will not charge you anything for the for the process of filing the claim. And once you get a decision, we'll look at it and decide whether uh, you've gotten what what you're entitled to or not. And if not, then we'll advise you what we think should be done by way of an appeal. And you're free to either continue with us and appeal or um, to uh, go your merry way and do whatever you decide to do on your own. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. And, and you know what, that, uh, um, that brings up the question how complicated is it to fill out your initial claim? Is, is it something that, that a lawyer really needs to be involved in or is it, is it been simplified enough where the average lay person can complete the initial uh, form. Um, what we see is that, um, you know, well-educated, sophisticated people often uh, file their own claims without any problem. Folks who are ill or uh, elderly or uh, poorly educated may struggle with it. You know, it's a the, the VA has one primary form, the 526EZ, and unfortunately they have about 10 other forms if you have certain other special circumstances. So it, it can be complicated. And the, uh, the, you know, the form's not easy, but <clears throat> think of it as, as uh, doing your own taxes if you're a an ordinary taxpayer who gets a a uh, regular paycheck every week or two weeks and doesn't have any, you know, special fancy financial issues. Um, it's, it's no more complicated than that. It's probably a little less complicated than that for most people, but it's a pain in the neck. Yeah. And, and I think that's a great analogy. I mean, look, if you are, I don't know, let's say a young person, you can get away with doing the uh, the 1040 easy form, right? Bam, here you go. Yep. Um, life, as, as you start to have a property and deductions, the 1040 easy no longer works. You got to go with the straight 1040, and then you want to, you know, th there may be some deductions, some itemizations, 
it does become complicated very quick. And yep. uh, yeah, so uh, that I think for a lot of people, including myself, I, I definitely rely on a professional to help me fill out my tax forms. It's, it's incredible to me that, uh, that the government is such a stickler about allowing uh, people to help veterans uh, fill out this form. I guess, again, they're, they're hoping, I don't know if they're hoping not to get as many claims or they're hoping to be able to deny more claims or are they trying to protect veterans because uh, it seems like if they really are trying to help the veterans, they want to uh, make sure those forms are completed correctly the first time so they don't get denied. Does the VA help in that sense? If, if I called the VA and said, listen, I'm struggling completing this form, can you help me out? Is there, is there a program for that or not at all? Yeah, you can, you can go to your local VA and uh, talk to a service rep, and, and they will help you. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, free services in, in helping out with that uh, are available through a lot of the veteran service organizations like the American Legion or Disabled American Veterans or Paralyzed Veterans of America or Vietnam Veterans of America. Um, you know, there, there are free services available, and almost every state has a, uh, a state-level uh, system where they have state or county veteran service organizations that will help you uh, uh, to, uh, to do that for free. A lot of states uh, actually employ uh, veteran service officers to, uh, to help veterans with that sort of thing. Uh, Massachusetts has an amazing system where every town of, I think it's 12,000 or more, has to have a veteran service officer um, employed by the town to provide those services. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it's not that there isn't help available. It's that a lot of people are just intimidated, don't know where to, to go for help, and um, end up seeing ads for these uh, these fancy scams and they send money. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's too bad. But again, for everybody listening, if you, if you know of a family uh, veteran, um, give them this information to veteransbenefits.com. You know, if we don't want our veterans to suffer in silence, and we don't want their families to struggle either. And, and there's tons of different programs that are not just for veterans themselves, but also support the family and their children. And, and so by going to veteransbenefits.com, you can get some free information. You can talk to Francis Jackson and his team for free, and they'll point you in the right direction. And, and as you heard here, if he can help you out, he'll be glad to do so. Uh, there's no obligation. You can take your information and go uh, do whatever you want. But Let's share this episode, and, and Francis, thank you so much for the work you do, and thank you so much for stopping by. It is my pleasure. I, uh, I'm, I'm always, uh, you know, I, I always enjoy the opportunity to chat with you. Well, thank you so much. Enjoy your holidays, and we'll talk to you soon. Happy Thanksgiving, my friend. All righty. Good stuff there from veterans lawyer Francis Jackson. Again, guys, let's share this episode with everyone you know, specifically 
anybody in the military. I don't care. Maybe they're active in the military, but guess what? Those active military people know other people who might need help. Let's talk to them about veteransbenefits.com. Let's get them help and let's just support. It's a, it's a real simple way to support our troops. Remember, you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch and check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.